This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville announces that he will not vote in favor of confirming Judge Kentaji Brown-Jackson to the U.S. Supreme Court. Tuberville said the reason for the no vote is due to Jackson's judicial record on sentencing in crime, and in particular, those who are convicted of being in possession of child pornography. Tuberville also wrote an article for 1819 News about the critical need of farmers here in the U.S. and Alabama. Tuberville says that President Joe Biden's reckless spending policies is producing inflation at highest levels in 40 years. This inflation is now affecting the price of fertilizer, fuel, and machinery that is necessary for farming and putting food on the shelves. Tuberville says he's pressing senior White House officials to take steps in supporting the farming community. Tuberville does sit on the Senate Agriculture, Nutrition and Forestry Committee. He says that Biden must put forth policies to drive down inflation and support both the growth of U.S. food and supply chains for future security. The Alabama House fails to pass a bill that would have required the state health officer to get the approval of the governor before issuing emergency health orders that would limit the activities and commerce of citizens. The bill also requires a 35-day notice before any such health orders could take effect. Current law allows for exceptions to that 35-day notice if the health officer presents an imminent threat to public health and safety. State lawmakers who are in favor of the bill say it holds the state health officer accountable in the decision-making process since the state health officer is put in place not by the governor, but by the state health board. Those in opposition to the bill believe that it ties the hands of the state health officer from addressing a critical need at a critical time. Tragic news out of Marshall County. A seven-year-old girl has died following an ATV crash. The incident happened near Boaz late Tuesday night. The child and another adult were involved in the accident together. That adult has been hospitalized. The seven-year-old was pronounced dead at the scene. A homeowner in the Dothan area has put an intruder into the hospital. The Dale County Sheriff's Office says that the invader tried to gain entry into the home through multiple points, including that of a child's bedroom window. When the invader finally got in, the homeowner met him with a gun and shot the man in the head. That suspect is now hospitalized with life-threatening injuries. Chief Deputy Mason Binham told WTVY News that there is no evidence that the homeowner and the intruder knew each other. The Etowah County Sheriff's Office now has a four-legged team member that's helping them do the rounds. The canine unit is an 11-month-old Labrador retriever named Millie. She's their first service dog and was donated to the police department. Millie will work with SRO Deputy Jamison Jenkins, who spoke about Millie's job description with WBRC News. So when we have somebody who has been the victim of a violent crime, obviously anxiety levels are very high. It's hard for people to recall facts. The dog comes in, anxiety levels start coming down, they start recalling information. If somebody goes out to a call in the middle of the night and somebody has lost their home in a fire and we have four children who are displaced from their home, this dog is a medium in that situation to just take their attention off that. No word yet on what the kibble per hour rate it is that Millie will be getting for this new position. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, President Joe Biden spoke at a union event this week. Biden brought up the Russia-Ukraine conflict while at the North American Building Trades Union. And together with our allies and our partners, we're going to keep raising the economic cost 
and ratchet up the pain for Putin and further increase Russia's economic isolation. Are predicted to shrink Russia's gross domestic product by double digits this year alone. Just in one year, our sanctions are likely to wipe out the last 15 years of Russia's economic gains. Louisiana Senator John Kennedy had a different take on how effective these sanction measures are in stopping Russia. That it will be very difficult, if impossible, to defeat Putin until we cut off his cash flow. You can't cut off his cash flow until you cut off his oil and gas exports. You can't cut off his oil and gas sales, his exports, much of which go to Europe, until Europe has a way to replace the fossil fuels. America has a way to help Europe replace those fossil fuels. Except for one problem. The Biden administration has put its boot on the neck of the oil and gas industry. And and until the Biden administration takes it off, the American people and the Western world will continue to suffer. Two men from within the former Trump administration are calling on Texas Governor Greg Abbott to declare an invasion at the U.S.-Mexico border in his state in order to activate National Guard members and state troopers to assist Border Patrol. Tom Holman was director of the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, and Ken Cuccinelli worked within the Department of Homeland Security. Both men confirmed that they have spoken with Abbott about exercising a clause on self-defense and invasion that is written within the U.S. Constitution. Abbott has not indicated if he's going that route as suggested by Homan or Cuccinelli, but Abbott did say that he will be taking unprecedented actions to deter illegal immigrants from crossing into Texas, especially since the COVID-19 restrictions are going to be lifted this coming May from the Center for Disease Control. The massive influx of illegals at the U.S. border has already been happening during this restriction time and is expected to increase considerably more once Title 42 is lifted. Earlier this week, House Republicans say they estimate 18,000 migrants will rush the border each day once the restriction is lifted. Leadership in the state of Texas is looking at Florida and liking what they see when it comes to the parental rights in education law. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick says he wants to do a similar thing in that state and is going to make such a bill his top priority when Texas lawmakers start their legislative session this year. Patrick criticized the open hostility of Disney Corporation towards the Florida law, which prohibits the teaching of sexual and gender concepts to children third grade or lower. Patrick says he was appalled and angry to watch such over-the-top radical resistance to supporting parental rights and age-appropriate learning for children. Patrick has even gone so far as to urge parents to boycott the theme park and entertainment businesses of Disney. There are some other states looking into similar legislation like Florida's. Those states are Georgia, Tennessee, Indiana, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Louisiana. Montana is moving forward with a lawsuit against the U.S. Department of Education in order to protect women's sports. Fourteen other states are joining Montana in the legal effort, including Alabama. The Montana Attorney General, Austin Knudsen, gave notice to the Department of Education about the upcoming legal action if there is not a halt put to the reinterpretation of Title IX when it comes to women's sports. 
Knudsen says the department has failed to provide sufficient justification for new rulemaking in how Title IX is interpreted and implemented when it comes to gender identity. Joe Biden signed an executive order this past March that initiated a review of Title IX regulations regarding gender identity. Another round of COVID-19 vaccine documents have been released to the public by the Food and Drug Administration. The release of these documents is all part of a lawsuit coming from Texas by the group called Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency. The latest 11,000 pages from Pfizer Pharmaceuticals shows that the company had to hire 2,400 employees just to start dealing with all of the cases of adverse reactions that have been created by the coronavirus vaccine. A previous bunch of documents had the number of adverse reactions listed at over 1,200, ranging from epileptic seizures to blood clots to aneurysms and cardiac problems. In these recent documents, Pfizer brought on 600 employees at first for data entry and case processing. By the end of June of 2021, 1,800 more were hired just to deal with the adverse effects alone. And there is a Senate race underway in the state of Missouri that has just gone wild with dramatic twists and turns. Eric Greitens is running as a Republican Trump supporter to fill the seat of retiring Roy Blunt. Greitens divorced his wife, Sheena, back in 2020. During that time, Sheena swore under oath in an affidavit that there was no material evidence left out from the divorce proceedings and the parenting plan that they had for the children. Sheena has now come forward as of this year with claims of abuse against her ex-husband in the middle of his campaign. She's even filed a new affidavit that contradicts the first. And then here's where it gets even stranger. Political consultant from the Bush administration, Carl Rove, has admitted to recently communicating with Sheena, and his communications with her all happened before this new affidavit was written. Rove is very much an anti-Trump Republican. So now Tim Parlator, the attorney for Greitens, says they will be getting to the bottom of whether or not Rove was involved in these latest new claims. Also of interest is the fact that Greitens was one of the first Senate candidates to promise to vote against Mitch McConnell becoming the Republican Senate leader if Greitens gets elected to the Senate. This is definitely a developing story that um, we'll come back to during this election year. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss out on 1819 News, the podcast. Ray Mellick is back in the seat with host Brian Dawson as they give a legislative update the same week that the session wraps up. Typically, how it works is in a quadrennium, which is where all the elections are taking place. You don't see um, dramatic legislative sessions, but not this year. Uh, It was wild. It was exciting. Um, you know, we definitely got some conservatives when I say we conservatives got a couple of wins, you know, which is more than we ever get. So, you know, there's almost room to celebrate, but the other side of, you know, where there wasn't wins is, is certainly overwhelming as well. But, um, you know, we take the W's where we can, uh, you know, and it's incremental movement, but I do think we saw some progress and I do think we saw some, uh, I think we were able to shine some light on some things that we know that got attention yeah. and, and it even affected some change. And I think that's what good reporting is, is supposed to do. Our goal is really at 1819 News is just to present straightforward information with as little bias as possible to, to of what's going on. And and I think we're the – I know we're the only news site that has two uh, legislative reporters who are down there every time the legislature's in session in Brandon Mosley and Craig Monger. 
I think they're doing a really good job. At one yeah. time, there were 10 to 12 reporters covering that on a daily basis. Uh, it's down to just a handful, and I'm I'm proud of the fact that we've got the the biggest staff uh, down there of any news organization, even though two is not really enough. Yeah. You can find more of that podcast on the 1819 News website under the podcast tab. If you're enjoying the daily detail, be sure to drop me a five-star rating when you get a chance on the main page of either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.